Hello and welcome to the Inner Work Conversation with me, your host, Nikki Cross. I'm the founder of Thrive Life and Business, and as well as being a qualified coach, I'm also bringing you my insights into over 15 years of developing people. These days, you'll find me working with my clients and members every day to help them lead in their life and in business. And if this sounds like something you want to do too, stay tuned or contact me for private coaching or for more detail on my group membership, Thrive Together. You'll find everything you need in the show notes. This podcast is dedicated to making sure you feel empowered and reassured that you are totally not alone. So let's dive in. Hi, it's me from the end of the episode. So I've recorded this episode and I've realised it needs to be chunked into two sections. It needs to be chunked into two parts. So the one you're about to listen to is part one. And in this, I'm going to be covering things like what is abundance? How is scarcity mindset impacting you? What even is that? how you can become more intentional with the way you spend your time, your money, your energy. And I finish off part one with talking about seeing yourself as your greatest asset and your relationship personally in terms of investing in yourself and resources that might be able to help you shift your abundance mindset. So that's part one. Part two, I'll talk to you about at the end of this episode to give you an insight into what's coming up in the next one. Okay, let's go in. Hello and welcome to the Inner Work Conversation. I am excited to record this episode and I'm going to tell you firstly where it came from. This is something that I've actually been waiting to talk about since episode 50, which was an episode on comparison. And you might be thinking, well, hang on a minute, what's comparison got anything to do with your financial situation or abundance? Where it came from was episode 50, I did a question box um, that was assumptions about me because... What I notice a lot that comes hand in hand with comparison is assumption. A lot of the time when we compare ourselves to other people, whether they're online or in our lives or at work or whatever, we're making a lot of assumptions. And so anyway, I put up this question box and said, what are your assumptions about me? And one of the things that came out on top was that I was rich. And so this episode isn't necessarily to go into the ins and outs of my bank balance, but I will discuss that a little bit. But what was, what was interesting to me anyway and what made me want to come on and record this episode is I found it particularly interesting, that assumption, and it made me start to wonder what actually gave people that impression and actually going deeper into it, which we'll cover today, what is rich? What even is abundance? So let's start there. To start there, I'm going to go all the way back to when my son was born um, because something happened to us that probably changed the trajectory of our lives really and I want to talk to you about that. So I don't know if any of you remember but in 2006, The Secret, a book called The Secret was released And this was my first introduction to abundance and it really challenged my thoughts on abundance because what I didn't know about myself was that I did have a scarcity mindset. I did. And I'm going to talk to you about that in this episode today. And I am also going to talk to you about how a scarcity mindset for me has actually changed as I have evolved. So yes, we're going to go there, but let me just um, let me just stay in that period of my life for a minute. So Jimmy and I, my husband, Jimmy and I, we read The Secret. I think it was like the same year it was released, maybe a little bit after. 
And as I say, that was my first introduction to that way of thinking. And it challenged a lot for me because as you will have heard in other episodes, my upbringing has been from parents who one of them worked on the docks near Liverpool and the other one worked in Cadbury's and they would work long hours. And as a child, I never remember there being any need for money. I never remember there being any, um, I don't, I just don't even, it wasn't even a thing. Money was never a thing. It was always there for us. We, we never went wanting or needing anything. In my opinion, I lived a very, very privileged life. So I actually thought that my relationship with money and abundance was a really healthy one, but I was wrong. (laughs) So anyway, going back, when my son was born, Jimmy actually appeared on a game show that's over here in the UK. I don't even know if it's on anymore, but it's called Deal or No Deal. And I think that was in... November, well it was in November 2008 because that's the year my son was born and we ended up winning 25 grand which in the grand scheme of life isn't actually an awful lot but at the time it was an amount of money that changed our lives because at the time we were in our two-bedroomed masonette and we were trying to actually sell that flat from memory and we were really struggling with it And at the same time, we were reading The Secret. And one of the things that The Secret gets you to do is practice manifestation, basically. It starts to help you practice and learn about abundance, but put that into practice. And anyway, around the same time, we were trying to sell this bloody flat and we were really struggling to sell it. And it was around the time of the recession and all of the financial shitstorm that everyone was going through. And I remember two things quite clearly in my own mind. One was the secret gets you to write yourself a check. You can actually download it, I think, and it's a physical check. And I remember writing it for a hundred grand and just thinking in my head, like, you know, we've won 25 grand. Where is that going to come from? And also I remember Jimmy writing subliminal messages on our whiteboard in the kitchen of like reasons why people should buy our flat. So... (laughs) It came, it sounds so silly now, but anyway, turns out that not long after, we actually got an offer on the flat to the tune of a hundred grand. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that was our first, I think, wake up and piece of evidence that something, there is something here. And that made me want to explore more and more and more. And that's where, that's where it started really. I then started learning so much more about vibrational frequency, quantum physics. I just went down this rabbit hole of wanting to know more and more and more about what this was because because what I can see now is that the secret dresses it up in a very commercialized way and actually it felt like there was something much deeper, much more spiritual and much more scientifically backed that was actually going on, but I just didn't know what that was. And so that's where it began for me in understanding, starting to understand what abundance was. But that was also for me, the beginning of my journey in recognizing my scarcity mindset as well. And there's always a shadow, right? You know, we can't talk about abundance without also talking about scarcity. So I would like to share that with you because yes, it's the shadow, but it's required. 
you know, I don't feel like it would be me being in integrity if I shared an episode on abundance, but didn't also tell you how my own scarcity mindset has held me back and still does. So let's go there. So if I follow the timeline thing that we've got going on in this episode, way, way, way back when my son was born, I was in a job and I've been in a job till 2020. So when I was in a job, I remember abundance feeling very much linked to my bank account and how much was in there. And the more I read, the more it was being presented, the idea was being presented to me that abundance was much more than your financial assets. Abundance was about the way you feel. Abundance was about your relationship with time, your relationship with the way you spend your energy. And yeah, of course, you know, your financial resources and assets, but much, much deeper than just your bank balance, you know? So if I talk to you about the way that scarcity would show up for me in the early days, it would be about, it would be around penny pinching. Now, anyone who knows me, I'm a generous person. So this wasn't penny pinching when it came to gifting other people or spending my time on other people. So bearing in mind, I'm not just talking about money. I'm also talking about time, energy, and financial resources. I would never have a problem with giving my time to other people. I would never have a problem giving my energy to other people. And I would never have a problem with being generous in giving my financial resources or money to other people. That was always very easy for me. I always found it extremely easy to gift in that way. But when it came to, firstly, how I gave time, energy and money to myself, really bad relationship with that, really bad relationship with that. So in terms of my time and energy, I wouldn't spend any of that or invest any of my time and energy in myself. I unconsciously was a commodity. I was not aware really of the way I was investing my time and energy And I remember sometimes like I would be binge watching things, but feeling really empty. And now I can look back and see that although I was spending time with myself, I wasn't really spending time with myself, if that makes any sense. Like, I'm not saying I don't binge watch things now. I'm not saying that I don't do normal things to relax now. But the difference between the two is... And I can see it in my own clients. You know, when I say to them, tell me what time and energy do you spend with yourself, on yourself? And they'll be like, oh, well, you know, sometimes I listen to podcasts and audiobooks and personal development. I'm like, no, 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 you're not hearing me. Without all of those things, just spend time with yourself, on yourself, maybe meditating, maybe breath work, maybe getting your thoughts down on paper. Tell me about that. They're like, oh no, I don't spend, I don't spend any time doing that. And I I always think that that's really indicative of how scarce someone, any given person, myself included, feels around the resources available to them. Because you could have a bank balance that is like, you know, quite low, but at the same time, there are things that are available to you that don't cost anything but can help you really feel abundant. So I know for me, when I spend time in meditation, when I spend time in breath work, that is something that helps me to feel really quite abundant. And I'll talk to you about that later. Um, Let me stay in scarcity for now. But anyway, going back for me, it was, 
about, yes, being very generous to others, but I was being a tight arse with myself. When it came to spending on myself, that wasn't even a consideration. So that's the first thing. And the second thing, going all the way back to when I had a job, I would penny pinch over realizing that you can create more. And I think that this is like a social upbringing thing at that time. You know, bearing in mind that there's a lot of comparison sites, get your insurances cheaper. There was a lot of chat around how you can um, not buy that weekly coffee. And at the end of the year, you will have saved 300 pounds. And I I personally really bought into that. And I'm I'm a Virgo. So like when I say I really bought into that, I'm talking fucking spreadsheets here on how much money we can save without, with doing without. And I'm wanting to make it very clear that I save now and I invest now, but I now realise for me that abundance isn't about going without so that you can generate more. Abundance is about being intentional with the way that you spend and at the same time understanding that just because you're spending, it does not necessarily mean to say that more isn't coming your way. So this was a really hard thing for my brain to even fathom because I was over there penny pinching and being really fucking tight with myself, really tight with myself. And I recognize now that that massively contributed to a scarcity mindset for me. I'm not saying that this is gonna be the case for any of you. I'm saying I'm giving you my own journey with scarcity and abundance. Um, And I did that to myself with time. I did that to myself with energy. And so at this point in the episode, this is my first invitation to you. At this point in the episode, what I would like to invite you to do is just sit, maybe pause the episode and just sit and think about your relationship with the way you spend your time, the way you spend your energy and the way you spend your financial resources. And I want you to really feel into and think into how is that showing up for you? How is that showing up for you? Because it was this realisation and it was conf- it was confronting. You know, I know that this is a confronting exercise because a lot of the time it can feel like, no, this is something that's completely out of my control. You don't understand, Nikki. It's all very well and good for you with your own business and your ability to choose your working hours and your ability to, you know, say what you say yes and no to. But please understand that these were choices that I made. None of this was done by accident. And... I know that it's confronting because I know that if I listened to this episode when I was, if I listened to this episode five years ago, I would have been like, fuck off, fuck off. You don't understand my position. You don't understand that I have to bring in this um, money into my household to contribute and keep our family, you know, going. I would have really felt quite confronted by the words I now speak. So if this is coming up for you, then I'm sorry that I'm not sorry. I want this to be confronting for you. I want this to be challenging to you. And please understand that I come from a position of privilege and I acknowledge that. So I acknowledge that the colour of my skin, where I was born in the world and the upbringing that I've had puts me in a certain position. And there is not one part of me that doesn't see that. But I can't speak from another place because this is who I am. This is how I was born. And this is the position that I am coming from. And so I'm speaking to you from that place, acknowledging that, but also challenging you in that place. 
I want you to start acknowledging in yourself where you are, where your thoughts and therefore feelings are being um, curated in a scarcity mindset. So where in life and business do you feel like because someone else has got something that that therefore means that you can't have it too? Do you look at them and think, well, they're already doing it or they're already having that so therefore there's less for me? Where is that coming up for you? Are you being tight with yourself? How is that coming up for you? In terms of time, energy, money, think into how are you being scarce with yourself? And what is that? How is that impacting you in terms of your life and business? Even if you need to pause this episode now and think that through, there are some really interesting journaling prompts to challenge your way of thinking. And I know that if I was listening to this five years ago, I know where this would have come up for me was around what the normal is. I know that this episode would be challenging me in the way of, no, you don't understand because this is my world and there is no other way. But it takes for a lot of courage and bravery to step out of the normal to create something that never seemed possible before. And I absolutely want you to know that that is available for you. But it starts with your thoughts. And it starts, by the way, with exactly what you have right now. I see so many people, my clients, the members inside Thrive Together, I see so many people being like, well, I'll feel abundant when. You know, you've heard it before. You've probably said it before. Oh, when I win the lottery. You know, bollocks to that. My last episode, I finished it off with introducing you to the concept of thrive first with what you have right now. Thrive first. You don't have to wait to win the lottery to feel abundant. You don't have to wait to start your own business to become more intentional with the way you spend your time, your energy, your financial resources. That's a myth. And it's a cage that you are keeping yourself locked in by the thoughts that you are thinking I want to challenge you in this episode to really lean into the thought of how can I identify my scarcity mindset in my relationship with time, energy and money and how can I in very small and incremental ways start shifting that mindset into a more abundant way of thinking with my time and energy and money and prepare for some deep shit to come up really deep shit. When I started to challenge myself around my scarcity thinking, like I said earlier, I think I said this earlier in the episode, I've forgotten what I've said now, but it really brought up a lot of shit for me. You know, it going from that feeling of I couldn't possibly say no to them and that takes up a hell of a lot of my time, that will bring up fear of rejection. It will bring up fear of letting other people down. It will bring up them not being very happy with you when you say no. But it takes for you to be that brave to create a new world for yourself, you know? There is so many limits we create in our own minds when it comes to the rules of life and how life looks for us. So I know for me, one of the biggest questions that I'm asked when it comes to being intentional with your time is, um, well, what about the things that you don't want to do, but you have to do? And, you know, normally where we'll start when I'm coaching my own clients is, can we outsource things? Can we delegate things? Can we reduce them? Can we delete them? And when it comes to, well, no, I have to do these things, but I don't like to do them. They make me feel bored or they make me feel in a lower vibration. 
I am not here being like high vibes only. That's fucking bollocks. Life happens. People get dementia. People die. People get poorly. There will be times in your life where you'll be financially hit with a big blow. COVID will come out the blue and fucking wipe out half your business. Life happens. It's not about high vibes only. It's about navigating those lower vibrational frequencies. And I'm going to include in the show notes of this episode a vibrational frequency chart so you can you can visually see what I'm talking about here. It's about navigating those things that you don't want to have to deal with in life and business in a way that helps you to feel empowered. Find the fucking joy, yeah? So please, please, it, what I'm about to say, please don't think that I'm trying to say to you oh, we'll just ignore the bad vibes, just pretend they're not there. That's not real. That's not how we live. You know, it's not It's not true. And you know it and I know it. So let's confront that together. Think about the things that you don't like that have to be done in your life and business. So, and I'm talking about things that genuinely cannot be outsourced. So for example, if you hate cleaning, then I might say to you, well, can you hire a cleaner? And you might be like, oh no, I could never afford that. My question back to you is, is that really true or is that a choice? Is it really true or is it a choice? And you might be thinking, piss off. You don't know my financial situation. And I'm like, yep, no, I don't know your financial situation. But I know for me, the reason why I took so long to get a cleaner was because I was telling myself I couldn't afford one. And that actually wasn't true for me. I felt guilty about outsourcing that is the first thing. The second thing is I used to think, but I could spend that money on something else, something for other people. And the third thing that I would think is, is it okay? And I know that sounds really silly, but I've grown up with parents who would never have hired a cleaner. And I don't really have any parents now. You know, my mum's gone, my dad has got advanced dementia. And so I have to go in myself and go, is that okay? It's more about an identity thing, I think. Am I the type of person who would have a cleaner, if that makes any sense? I think it does, right? And there are such inner blocks to these things. So I know for me, when I really dug deep, it wasn't about not being able to afford a cleaner. It wasn't. It really wasn't. It was about my unwillingness to commit to that financial commitment and my inability to see not only like I used (laughs) this is oh my god I can't believe all of this is coming out not only did I think well actually if I hired a cleaner for two hours every fortnight that's only four hours a month like what the fuck that's not even that's not even enough time for me to justify this is why I separate time energy and money because four hours a month isn't a lot when you really think about it but actually if something drains you energetically that is very different I think I said this in a previous episode. In fact, I know I did. You could spend an hour doing one thing and an hour doing another. And the hour doing one thing that fills you up and lights your world up will feel very different time-wise and energetically to the the hour that you spend doing something that feels depleting to you. And so whatever the example is for you, it doesn't have to be cleaning. Whatever the example is that makes you feel depleted, really feel into, is it that you can't afford to do that? Or actually, will that bring up some stuff inside of you that challenges the fuck out of you and you need to work through, yeah? 
and here I'm not promoting that if you if you genuinely can't afford something financially then please don't put yourself in a position where it stretches you to a point where you physically haven't got any financial resources I'm just challenging your Um, when you push back and say, I simply have to do this thing in my life, I have no choice, I'm here to challenge that today. So what about other things like, you know, making the lunches in the morning or going and standing on the sideline watching your kid play footy in the fucking freezing cold and rain, yeah? Or doing the hour of exercise that you really don't want to do. What about these things? And like I said before, it's about finding the joy in them and the meaning in them. So I know for me, when I make the lunches in the morning, so me and Jimmy have this unwritten rule that in the morning, he walks the dogs, wind, rain or shine. He walks the dogs, I do the lunches. That's our unwritten rule. And I know for me in the mornings, like, I'm just like, oh, sometimes I really don't want to make the lunches. I will bring myself so much joy and intention when I make those lunches now. I will have a podcast on or music that makes me feel really, really good. And I will be thinking as I'm making these lunches, these are made with so much love. I love you so much. And I'm making lunches, by the way, for my son, my husband and myself. I love you so much. I want you to feel nourished. And I'm making these lunches to contribute to your nourishment. Do you see the difference there? It's like attaching that meaning to it and then bring doing something at the same time that brings you joy. This is how you can navigate situations that you don't want really want to be doing, but you can lift your vibration higher at the same time. Same for if I'm standing on the sideline watching my son play football, it's freezing cold, it's pissing down with rain. In my head I'm thinking, this is a moment in time that I will never forget. And my son might forget me being there at that one match. He might not have really noticed that I was there at that one match. But this means so much more. I get to do this. I get to be here watching my son play football. Wow. You know, and I feel into that. I'm getting quite emotional talking to you about it because it fills me with so much gratitude. The things that we fucking take for granted and feel like a burden are often the things that, like, hang on a minute you're getting to do something that actually other people can't. I mean, you feel into things in that way. Wow, you start to look at things a hell of a lot differently. So it's like switching on to what you're doing and being intentional with it rather than feeling like a victim to it. And it takes for intention. It takes for you to make that decision inside of you. And so I want to talk deeper into this particular part of the episode because I don't want to avoid the fact of sometimes it can be harder to tap into an abundant way of thinking if the the world outside of you is presenting scarcity. So I want to talk about that because I also want to talk about this perception and this assumption of me that I'm rich. And on this, I'm not going to share my bank balance with you, but what I am going to share with you are some money rules that I didn't realise I had before I started really thinking about this episode. So my personal money rules are, I say, I have always done this, right? I've saved a percentage and it's a really small percentage of whatever I bring in on a monthly basis. I save them for, I've got an emergency fund. I have got a fund for expenses, like 
if I was hit by a bus, I'd want to have three to six months expenses. I've saved for years in little pots. So I've got a pot for Christmas, a pot for birthdays, a pot for holidays and having fun. And I know that you're probably listening to this episode thinking, fucking hell, you are, you're a, you're a heap of joy. You've, you know, you've got a spreadsheet for your holidays and having fun. Yeah, yeah, I have. Because you know what? For me, just for me, that security helps me to come from a place of abundance. Knowing that I've got a small amount of money that is growing all the time helps me to come from a place of abundance. I personally find it easier to tap into abundance when I'm not scared. And if you look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs, the first layer of that is physiological needs. Air, water, food, shelter, sleep, clothing, reproduction. The second level up is safety needs, personal security, employment, resources, health, property. And then it's love and belonging, then it's esteem, then it's self-actualization. I learn about Maslow's hierarchy of needs in uh, very early on in my career because my career has always been about personal development and so in learning about that it helped me to realize whether it's right or wrong that if I always knew that to help me feel abundant to help me feel safe and secure it meant not feeling lack when it comes to things like Christmas and things that I know are going to come around every single year and things that you don't know are going to come up but you know are so like your washing machine breaking you know at some point your washing machine's going to break you're going to need some money to pay for that I have preferred to be in a position where I have funds in the background to help me with that and so I'm sharing that with you not to be like wow look at me I've got all this shit sorted it's more so that I'm sharing it with you to say I've intentionally created that and it's never mattered, by the way, how much money there has been because it's a percentage. So my very first job, and I remember it, I earned £14,440 as my salary. That was my very first job. And I remember this, the percentages were exactly the same then. They were exactly the same then as they are now. And so while I appreciate that we are all in different financial situations, you know, some of you listening might be in great amounts of debt, in which case there are financial professionals, I am not one of them, that will help you with that and that you can go and get help with that. But for me, I've I've never been in that position. As I explained at the beginning, I consider myself to be, to have been in a position of privilege, but I'm sharing with you my own personal rules around money. And these rules have changed over time, right? So for example, when I was employed, like I said before, it was about it was around penny pinching and saving. But for me now, which is bizarre because now I run my own business. My, I don't get a salary every single month. I pay myself. Well, I do because I pay myself, but that's not the point. The point is, it is up to me how much money I bring in every single month. And what's bizarre about that is, I don't spend my time penny pinching anymore. I... Now I spend my time focused on generating more rather than trying to penny pinch and spend less. So now I don't pay any attention to the advice that is don't have a don't have a coffee out every week and save three hundred pounds. Spend an hour of your time saving two pounds on your pet insurance a month. I don't listen personally. I don't listen to that anymore because I would rather spend my time focusing on the other side of the coin. One side of the coin is let me spend an hour of my time and energy 
on the phone renewing an insurance that's going to save me £12 a year. And I fucking hate those phone calls, by the way. Hate them. Even the websites, just the whole life men fucking drains the living, drains the life and soul out of me. And so I have to ask myself the question, am I prepared, am I more prepared to invest my time and energy in that and saving £12 a year? Or would I rather invest that hour trying to generate more and looking on how I can grow my resources, how I can spend my time more intentionally. And again, like I'm being really upfront and honest with you, I'm not a financial professional. I can't tell you how to spend your money. I can't tell you whether that's right or wrong for you. I'm just sharing how this has shifted for me. So then if I talk about my own clients, so many of my own clients start off thinking that they've got a really good relationship with money because they don't need any more of it. And when I talk to them about that, they'll start by telling me things like, you know, I'm happy with my lot. Um, I don't really need any more. Um, I don't really like talking about money. I don't really like talking about having more. I feel like it borders on greedy, you know, that kind of thing. But all the while saying, you know, I feel like I've got a really good relationship with money because a lot of my clients, if I'm really honest with you, they have got good amounts of money. They have got um, amounts of money in their bank account that make them feel good. Let's put it that way, right? But what I also know about my own clients is they want to do good in the world. And I also know that they want freedom. So when I show them their thoughts and I say, hey, do you know what? You've told me that you don't really like talking about money. Money doesn't really mean anything to you. You don't really need or want to earn more of it. But then you've got this conflicting thought, which is, I want more freedom. I want more ability to choose how I spend my time and energy. And I want to do more in the world. Like, I want to be more in the world. I want to give more to the world. They are conflicting statements. Whether you like it or not, they're fucking conflicting. You telling me that you don't really care, like, money's not really a thing to you, at the same time as saying you want more financial, um, more time freedom, more freedom to create, more freedom to have fun, more freedom how you use your time, and doing more good in the world. You can only really have that if you're coming from a position, going back to Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you can only really create that for yourself. You can only have more time freedom if you create space. So if I give you an example of how that comes from me in my world, the way that I structure my financial resources is to support myself so that sometimes I'm working on myself. Sometimes I'm working on my business. I'm not always delivering I'm not always delivering to my clients or delivering to my Thrive Together members. Sometimes I am paying myself just to be. Sometimes I am paying myself just to create. And I think this is a really important topic because when I thought about why people might perceive me to be rich, I'm thinking, why is that? And when I actually asked a couple of people, I was like, hey, why is that? Why do you think that, why do I come across as rich? A lot of the answers weren't about the clothes that I wear or the car that I drive or the house that I live in. A lot of the answers were around, you seem to be able to choose how you spend your time. And the first thing I want to say on that is like, come on, you know, social media will show you a snippet of what that social media account owner will choose to show you, right? So, 
you probably don't see the nights where I'm up till 10 o'clock working on my business, by the way, because I choose to. I'm probably not posting that, you know? And the times when you see me having a great time in my kitchen, creating new ideas and all the rest of it, best believe I've factored that into the way I pay myself. There is strategy behind that. So for any of you who know human design, I'm a manifesting generator. And what that means is I need, I thrive when I have the ability to respond. So if at any given point, someone says something to me or um, I don't know, like someone, um, an idea, an idea sparks within me. It is so beneficial to me to have the ability to go off and explore that. Now, I can't go off and explore that if I'm bound by having to produce X, Y, Z in a certain time frame. So I know for me, the way I structure my time and my financial resources is to give those energetics the space to play out. Does that make sense? I hope that makes sense, right? So please understand that I am very intentional with the way I spend my financial resources because I want my financial resources to support the way I spend my time and energy. I recognize now more than ever before that I am my greatest asset. And I think that if I was listening back to this five years ago, I would be like, oh, fucking hell, Nikki. Like that sounds so obnoxious. But it's not, it doesn't come from this ego place, it actually comes from the soul, it comes from me wanting to give what I, only I can create in this world, I want to give that, and I can't do that if I'm constantly worrying about money, that's the same as me saying you are your greatest asset, I really fucking mean it. A lot of the people who work with me at the beginning, they talk about their issues with self-worth and some have even classed this concept of being your own greatest asset as obnoxious or stuck up your own arse. And here's my two pennies on that. When I say it, it is genuinely from my soul. It's not from my ego. What I'm not saying here is that I matter and therefore all of you don't. I put myself first, therefore you're all second. I need X, Y, and Z, and therefore I'm taking that from you. That's not absolutely what I'm saying here. I remember at the beginning of this episode, I I said to you, didn't I? I used to treat myself like a commodity, a mother, a wife, a worker, a daughter. I see things very differently now. I see that if I don't invest in myself, I can never pour into others. Not just because this isn't like that, oh, fill up your own cup first, put yourself first. That's not that's not what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about energetic um, clarity. My clients know that I am giving to them at any given point because I am full. I am coming from a place of already being full and therefore they never have to worry about taking my energy because it's always so clean and clear, yeah? The same goes with the way I pour into others, like my family and my friends. There's never an energy, it's never energetically off because I have filled my own cup up first and I recognise now that's my responsibility as it is your responsibility. So many people that I work with, they feel like they're pouring into everyone else but they almost feel resentful because they're not doing that for themselves. So spend time understanding what actually does make you feel nourished, what does make you feel nurtured and filled up and start seeing that as a way you can cultivate abundance within yourself. 
It doesn't have to cost money. It goes way beyond spa breaks. And it is totally okay if you're listening to this thinking, well, I don't know. I don't know what nourishes me. I don't know what makes me feel abundant. This is the first time I've even considered this concept that's fine. Or maybe it's not. Maybe you are, you may, maybe you're someone who really understands abundance and scarcity mindset, but this is like a lovely refresher in your ears right now. I want to share with you, I said before, didn't I? You know, it's not, it's, it's not about spa breaks. It's so much more simple than that. And when I, when I was thinking about where did I get that from? Like, how did I figure that out? Because quite honestly, like I've explained, I've gone from being someone who's been very fucking tight with themselves and therefore struggling to be in an abundance mindset all the way through to someone who includes it as a practice, right? How did I do that? And so I was thinking that through before the episode and I'd love to share some resources with you that have really helped to challenge my thoughts, my beliefs before I dive into what I want to cover next, which is investing in yourself, what being rich and abundant actually looks like to you and making decisions and choices from a place of abundance. And I want to finish off by sharing my abundance practices. I think that would be a great place to finish. So before we dive into all of that, let me just share a few resources with you. So I want to recommend some authors to you first. So Anything by Dr. Wayne Dyer, like Anything by Dr. Wayne Dyer, is something to get in your ears. A lot of his work, most of his work, I think, is available on audiobook. Now, loads of people say to me, oh, can't really do audiobooks because I don't really take it in. And this frustrates me, to be honest, because, well, firstly, I used to say it myself, (laughs) but it frustrates me because the way I see audiobooks is like subliminal messages. That's the only way I can explain it. As though if you were walking along or driving along, what would you prefer to have chattering on in your own mind? Your own thoughts, which sometimes is required, self-inquiry, self-reflection, your own thoughts, or would you prefer it if you had someone talking to you about a certain topic? Maybe that's what you're doing right now. Maybe you're walking along right now and I'm just jabbering along and this is helping challenge your thoughts. To me, that's what an audiobook does. I don't need to study it. I don't need to make sure I wring the value dry from it by making sure that I take in every single piece. It's like, come on, let it wash over you and let the points resonate when they do and rewind it and listen back, you know? Um. Anyway, Dr. Wayne Dyer, anything by him, what a legend, may you rest in peace. Anything by Esther and Jerry Hicks, Um, I would highly recommend in terms of abundance mindset. Be prepared for anything by Esther and Jerry Hicks to sound quite out there and some of their concepts to be a little bit confronting. Um, And remember, you know, when you're listening to things or when you're reading things, even my stuff, you don't have to agree to listen along. There are many, many books where I'm like, hmm, do I agree with that? I like that it's challenging me, but do I agree with it? Does it gain my agreement, you know? And on that point, does it gain my agreement? Um, I actually took a course by a beautiful friend of mine, Wendy, the completion coach, and it's called Abundantly You, and it's still available to buy now. I'll link it in the show notes if you like. One of the things that I took away from that, one of my greatest learnings from that was actually that we are always in abundance. It's just what we're in abundance in. So if you're moaning all of the time about 
how many problems you've got, if that's what you're talking and talking and talking and focusing on all of the time, then that you're in an abundance of problems, right? So what her course taught me to do was shift my focus. And I love that. I really love that. And there's so much depth and wisdom in all of Wendy's work. So there's that. A couple more books to share with you. Um, Chillpreneur by Denise Tuffield Thomas. You Are a Badass at Making Money by Jen Sincero. The Money is Coming by Sarah Akaswambi. Lisa Nichols and Janet Switzer, sorry, Abundance Now. And there's one that I want to tell you about that Jimmy and I have been using for years and years and years, and it's not a popular book, and it should be. It's called The Spiritual Secrets of Happiness, Health and Success by Andrew C. Walton. It's not fancy. It's not very commercialised. Um, but it, it's such a good book. It's a little bit like, for those of you who've done The Desire Map by um, Danielle Laporte, it's a little bit like that, but more leaning into deeper spirituality and abundance. So I appreciate that. Noticing that all of these resources that I'm sharing with you this is where I choose to spend my money now. This is where I choose to spend my time and my energy, right? It's so interesting to me because one thing that I am going to talk to you about soon, shortly in this episode is my inability to receive. So when I started to acknowledge my scarcity mindset and realize that I was cock blocking myself from higher levels of abundance, which is true, I then really realized that I was so unable to receive. I had been taking the lead um, in all aspects of life and business for so long that when someone did something, not even financially for me, but did something as simple as ask if they could help me carry something out of my car, every every part of me, every ounce of me was not able to receive that. Someone paid me a compliment, not able to receive. If someone wanted to give me something, I really struggled to receive it. And I want to talk to you about that because I think that when we talk about abundance, it's so important to acknowledge that we can only accept and bring more abundance into our lives if we have the trust within ourselves that it is okay and safe to receive. Oh, one last, um, <laughs> one last resource before I move out of this section of the podcast is the HMRC website. I know it's not sexy. I do. I know it's not sexy. But when I started to own my own business, one of the things that I recognized was keeping me out of abundance was fear of making more money. And I was scared of making more money because I didn't understand the terminology. I thought that I was going to go to prison for not paying tax, which is ridiculous, like ridiculous. But it was because I didn't know the stuff. I'd spent, you know, so many years in employment, I didn't know about tax and national insurance and all of the stuff. So empower yourself. It's not okay to just sit there and be like, well, I'm so disempowered and I feel like I can't be abundant because I'm so scared of it all. There is so many resources available at your fingertips completely for free. If you haven't got any money to buy the books or go to Wendy's course or attend the things that I've suggested in this episode, head on over to YouTube and type in, um, you know, abundance tips and watch what starts to come up for you. Watch where, when you start to shift your focus and your algorithms of what you're focusing on in the world will adapt to that. Go to your Spotify and type in abundance meditations and the world will adapt to that and it will start presenting to you more and more and more things 
that will help you and put you in an abundant space. Okay, so I'm gonna interrupt myself there. I think that, you know, 45 minutes is quite enough of me for for the time being. (laughs) I am going to split this episode into two. And what I'm gonna talk to you about next is investing in yourself, what being rich in abundance means to me and defining what that means to you making decisions and choices in life and business from a place of abundance. And I'm going to finish off by talking to you and sharing with you my abundance practices. So I hope that you've enjoyed this episode. I hope it has challenged you. I hope that it's brought up some stuff for you where you can go away from this episode and really start to think about all of the things that I've discussed today. I'm looking forward to the next one. Thank you for being with me and I'll see you in part two. Thank you for being here with me today all the way to the end. My goal is to get this podcast into the ear holes of everyone who would benefit from hearing it. So I have a request for you. Please could you share this episode by clicking the share link and sending it to a friend, a colleague and for bonus points, leave me a review on iTunes or tag me over on Instagram. If you want to contact me, the best place to find me is over on Instagram or you can just mail me direct on contact at tlb.org.uk. All the links are in the show notes. So until the next episode, have an intentional day. I am cheering you on.